are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Many years ago, it was Christmas time, on a Chicago Loop Street, perhaps State Street, there was, there was a Salvation Army young lady who was ringing her bell and uh, asking for help for the Salvation Army. All of us have grown up seeing that on the street corners. There was a sign above the little uh, Salvation Army pot where the money was dropped that asked the question, what will you give Jesus for Christmas this year? After the little lady had been there for a while, she had to leave, and she left to be gone for a break, leaving the pot unattended. I hate to use the word bum, because for the grace of God, we'd all be there. But what we'd call a bum off the street came while she was not there, and he looked and he saw the Salvation Army pot and the kettle, and then over that, the sign what will you give Jesus for Christmas this year? The disheveled man looked at it and started to walk away. He turned to walk back. He reached in his pocket, and I think what I heard is at 37 cents. He took the two pennies, and he tossed the pennies in the pot and began to walk away. He walked a few steps and turned again and, re- and walked back to the Salvation Army kettle there, rather large kettle or pot. He stood there and he saw the sign, what would you give Jesus for Christmas this year? He reached in his pocket and he had 35 cents left. He took out the dime. He threw the dime in the pot and walked away. After a few steps, he returned for the second time. And looked at it, looked at the sign, what will you give Jesus for Christmas this year? He took the quarter, which was all he had left. He tossed the quarter in the pot. He turned to walk away, and for the third time he returned to the Salvation Army pot. Looked at it, looked at the sign, said, what will you give Jesus for Christmas this year? When the little lass that was attending the Salvation Army kettle returned, She found an old bum sitting in the pot. He gave himself to Jesus. That's exactly what Jesus wants from you this Christmas. It was said of the Macedonian people that they first gave themselves to God. Now, he wants you little children your entire life. He wants you never to taste of a drop of alcoholic beverage. He wants you to stay pure and decent all of your life. He wants you teenagers to never indulge in sin. He wants you never to know what the taste of liquor is, what a, what a narcotic pill is, or a needle. He wants you to walk to the altar pure as can be. He wants you young people to go to the altar, you college students, to go to the altar 
And I'll believe it till I die. I think that you ought to have your first kiss after you're pronounced husband and wife. You say you're a fanatic. You're getting mighty close to it. He wants you young couples to rear your children in God, and as, and as God-fearing young people. And he wants you to build a God-fearing family. He wants you senior saints to finish our course with dignity and victory. I watched the choirs while I go. I sat back in the back and I watched the choirs. I saw the little children, the primaries, and I said to myself, I probably won't live long enough to marry those young people. And I prayed for God to bless them and keep them pure. I saw the junior boys and girls and wondered if maybe I'd lived long enough and could pastor long enough to perform the ceremony for some of them. I watched the young people, this giant young people's choir we had a while ago, and I prayed for them to stay clean and decent and right. But if you cannot give God that, maybe you're like the fellow on the street that you wasted some years already. Maybe you cannot go to the altar pure. It's too late for you. God wants you. Several things tonight that I want to call your attention that God wants. In the first place, God wants a bruised reed. In Matthew twelve twenty, it says, A bruised reed he shall not break. What does that mean? A reed is like a little old, the old fishing poles used to have, the old cane fishing poles. Now, God wants the reed not bruised and not broken. But if you've been broken, if you're a bruised reed, God says, don't go away. I can still use you somewhere. And God wants you for Christmas this year. He won't throw that bruised reed away. It cannot be a walking stick. It cannot be a fishing pole. But I'll find, I'll find you one thing. God will find a place for you. If you've wasted some years already, if you've gone so far, uh, far away, you've wandered far away from God, I have news for you. There's a heavenly Father that wants you, no matter where you are, or what you have left, or what you've done, there's a place that God can use you. What does God want for Christmas? Second thing God wants, He wants smoking flax. Now what does that mean? In Isaiah 42 and verse 3, it says, A smoking flax shall he not quench. He likens a spiritual Christian to a Christian whose light is shining and whose fire is burning. But God comes and looks at your life and he says, I don't see any fire. I can't see any flame, but I see just a pad of smoke there. And God says, let me fan that smoke. I want to use you again. And God can. Dear Lord, take up the tangled strands that we have wrought in vain, that by the skill of thy dear hands some beauty can remain. I don't care who you are. I don't care how bruised your reed is. I don't care how little smoke you have. If you're a child of God, there's still a little smoke there. And God wants your life for Christmas this year. You aren't the fire of the brazen altar. You're not the fire of the altar of incense. Or the fire that fell from Elijah on Mount Carmel. Or the cloven tongues of fire on Pentecost. Or that which burned in the golden candlestick of the eternal flame on a president's grave. In fact, you may not have any flame at all. But if, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, and if you're a child of God, God says, 
I want to use you. If your flame is bright and, uh, and burning brightly, I want you. But God said, if your flame, fire has gone out and you're backslidden and wasted your life, God said, hey, I still want you for Christmas this year. So not only does God want a bruised reed and a smoking flax, but God wants the marred vessels for Christmas this year. In Jeremiah 18, verses 3 and 4, we have the wonderful story of a potter who made a vessel. The Bible says that vessel became marred, just like many of the people in this room had become marred. You didn't intend to, but you did. And you sat tonight and you wondered, could God ever use me again? The Bible says that he made a vessel, it became marred. I love the next line. It says it became marred in the potter's hands. Bless God tonight, if you wandered from God, you're still in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, in God's hands. And the Bible says that he made it again. Now, that means that you may not be the vessel that you could have been, but you can still be a vessel and be useful for God. You may not be a vessel for the palace, but you're still usable. You may not be a diamond-studded vessel, but you're still usable. You may not be a vase for a formal wedding, but you're still usable. You may not be a carrier of royal orchids, but you're still usable. You may not be for the presidential suite, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for the bridal chamber, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for the chancel altar, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for regal reception, but you're still usable. You may not be a reception for the Queen's coronation, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for Westminster Abbey, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel fit for Sistine Chapel, but you're still usable. You may not be a, be a vessel fit for the Parliament's parlor, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel worthy of number 10 Downing Street, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for Buckingham Palace, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for a senatorial engagement, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for the apothecary's vial, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for the, the communion grail, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for the Eiffel Tower, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for Notre Dame Cathedral, but you're still usable. You may not be a vessel for Monte Carlo's, Carlos Palace, but you're still usable. And the God that made you, if you're marred, hallelujah, you're still in the potter's hands tonight. And God wants to use you. And you say for the house, does God want me for Christmas? Yes, like he wanted that old fellow sitting in the Salvation Army pot. God wants what you have left. He wants a marred vessel. You could be a sugar bowl, or a teapot, or a coffee cup, or a serving bowl, or a crock pot. I started to say a crack pot, but I was thinking about some on the platform here. Or you could be a drinking glass. You see, you may have wasted your life. Please listen to me. You may have wasted your life, and you can no longer be the Mary, the mother of Jesus, but you could be a Mary Magdalene. You could not be John the Beloved Apostle, but you could be a reclaimed John Mark. You may not could be the beautiful Rebecca, but you could be the woman in Sychar as well. You may not be Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, but you could be a, a recycled Rahab. You may not be a godly, uh, a never-wandering Hannah, but you could be a remade Hosea. You may not be the son, or Gomer, you may not be the son who never strayed, but you could be the returning prodigal. You may not be an untainted Joseph, but you could be a forgiven Jacob. You may not be a saintly Samuel, but you could be a repentant uh, uh, Onesimus. You may not be the wife of Jacob, Rachel, the lovely wife of Jacob, but you could be Ruth of all bodies. You may not be Mary, the mother of John Mark, 
but you could be returning Naomi. You may not be a pure Samuel, but bless God, you could be a recycled David. I don't care who you are today. If you are a beautiful vessel and you never have been marred, you give God the rest of your life and never know what it is to go into sin. But bless God, if you've been marred tonight and the devil has tricked you and you believe this thick and dirty lies, God still wants you in his spot tonight. And God wants marred vessels for Christmas. When Peter was cursing and swearing, he was still in the potter's hands. When Abraham fled to Egypt, he was still in the potter's hands. When Jacob ran from Canaan, he was still in the potter's hands. When Jonah fled to Tarshish, he was still in the potter's hands. When John Mark left the first missionary journey, he was still in the potter's hands. When Jeremiah quit the ministry, he was still in the potter's hands. When Elijah was under the juniper tree, he was still in the potter's hands. When Samson was getting a haircut, he was still in the potter's hands. When, when, when Naomi fled to Moab, she was still in the potter's hands. When Lot defected to Sodom, he was still in the potter's hands. When Noah listened to John Barleycorn, he was still in the potter's hands. When David lusted for Bathsheba, he was still in the potter's hands. When Moses smote the rock twice, he was still in the potter's hands. When the disciples forsook him and fled, they were still in the potter's hands. When Barnabas quarreled with Paul, he was still in the potter's hands. When Thomas was a doubter, he was still in the potter's hands. When Solomon was counting his wives, he was still in the potter's hands. When James and John were selfish, they were still in the potter's hands. When Israel was in bondage, they were still in the potter's hands. When Paul retreated briefly to Judaism, he was still in the potter's hands. When Jephthah made a foolish vow, he was still in the potter's hands. When Peter went a-fishing, he was still in the potter's hands. When the disciples went with him, they were still in the potter's hands. When Reuben became unstable, he was still in the potter's hands. When Balaam joined the ministerial association, he was still in the potter's hands. When Isaac fled to Egypt, he was still in the potter's hands. When Aaron made the golden calf, he was still in the potter's hands. When Elijah ran from Jezebel, he was still in the potter's hands. When Hezekiah, as king, entertained the heathen, he was still in the potter's hands. When Esther married a drunkard, she was still in the potter's hands. If you've been expelled from school, you're still in the potter's hands. If you've left God's perfect will, if you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, my Bible says in John chapter 10 that Jesus said, I know my sheep and they follow me and they shall never perish and no one shall pluck them out of my hands. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hands. On Christmas 1998, Jesus wants you. He wants you if you're a beautiful vessel never marred. But he wants you if you're a marred vessel and praise God, he'll use you again. Oh, let him make you again. He can still use you. Your life can be salvaged. You can be worthwhile to God. You see, my job as pastor of this church is twofold. My job is to stand up here and tell you how sorry the devil is, what a stinking liar he is. My job is to paint the sin so black and warn you not to go into sin. My job is to tell you the, about the evil uh, uh, drug traffic and the evil liquor traffic. My God is to tell you uh, what the, 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 the playboy philosophy and the permissive society and every uh, Hollywood, Hollywood society, all of it. It's as rotten as the devil. And it's my job to say, don't listen to him, young people. Don't listen to him. The devil.
said, if you've never tasted sin, you're living the kind of life that's happy and full of joy. But I have another side to my ministry. My ministry is to come to you if you've been marred and tell you you're still in the potter's hands. He still loves you. He still wants you. If tonight you're a life that's untainted, you've not known the far country, you've not slept in the hog pen, you've not eaten the husk that the devil has on his menu, if you're in the far country tonight, if you've never been there, Tonight, jump in that Salvation Army pot and give Jesus your life for Christmas. But if you have tasted the far country and you've been into sin with a prodigal, let me tell you tonight, there's a heavenly Father who still wants to kill a fatted calf and still wants to give you a robe of righteousness. Put a ring of assurance on your finger and shoes of soul winning on your feet. I'm saying, if you're a marred vessel tonight, He still wants to use you. He wants. For Christmas, marred vessels. For Christmas, he wants bruised reeds. For Christmas, he wants smoking flax. But there's something else he wants tonight. Jesus wants for Christmas cast clouts and rotten rags. You say, what are you talking about? What's a cast clout and a rotten rag? Jeremiah, the great prophet, was in prison. There was a black man named Ebed-Melech. Ebed-Melech wanted to help Jeremiah get out of prison. He had Jeremiah was in a dungeon. Ebed-Melech had no rope to drop down to prison, but Jeremiah could hold on to it and be pulled out. So what did he do? He took some old clothing, rotten rags, cast clouts, if you please, and tied those together and dropped those down into prison, and Jeremiah held on to those cast clouts and rotten rags and was pulled. I'm saying tonight, God wants you, if you are a, a Kuppenheimer suit, God wants you, but bless God, if you're just an old leftover dirty rag, God still wants to clean you up and use you. He wants you for Christmas tonight. God wants your life if you're clean and pure, but if you're a cast clout and a rotten rag, hallelujah, God still can use you and God wants to use you. Sure, God can use pure silk and would rather have that. Sure, God can use shiny velvet and would prefer that. Certainly, God could use 100% wool and he would like to have that. Surely, God can use lush cashmere and that would please him. Or crisp cotton, or creamy suede, or comfy chenille, or petite polyester or designer's originals, or imported acrylic, or silk chiffon. Sure, God can use those. And that's what I want those little children down here to be. I want you to walk to the altar, never having tasted liquor, never know what dope is like. You never spoiled yourself to the devil. I want you clean and pure, and God wants you. But hallelujah, if you wrecked your life, and you're nothing but a bunch of rotten rags, God still wants you to jump in the pot. Oh yes, God can use a Pendleton or a Casper, or a Jones of New York, or a lady diplomat, or a Hart Chapman Marks, or a Leslie Fay, or Calvin Klein, or Kuppenheimer. <laughs> but he also can use Ambeds and Goodwill. If you are tonight 
a brand new Casper, ladies Casper suit, or you are a clean, brand spanking new Kuppenheimer suit, God wants you. But brother, if you've been discarded and worn out and placed on a rack in Anbets, God says, jump in the pot tonight. I want you for Christmas. My mama used to have a sewing machine. It was it was operated by a pedal. Some of you people with uh, snow on your head, remember this. And Mama would pedal that sewing machine. And then she had three drawers over here and three drawers over here. About once a year, Mama would open those drawers on that sewing machine and pull out a bunch of old leftover rags. And Mama would put a big hoop up in the middle of the room and she'd take those leftover rags and she'd make the prettiest quilt you ever saw. How those leftover, hey, you know what I'm looking at tonight? I'm looking at a quilt. That's what this crowd is. I know, I know you. <laughs> One reason you won't vote me out, I'll tell all I know about you. But I'm trying to say tonight, Hallelujah. You may not be a Kuppenheimer. You may not be uh, a hard shafter in Marks, but bless God. God said he'll use a remnant and make a mighty good church out of it. That's what God used. Rugged fisherman. Fallen woman at Sychar as well. Demon possessed Mary Magdalene. Two crooked tax collectors, Zacchaeus and Matthew. Three former murderers, David, Moses, and Paul, and God tonight wants for Christmas. He wants the bruised reeds. He wants the smoking flax. God wants the marred vessels. And God wants cast outs and rotten rags. But there's something else that God wants for Christmas. God wants what Jeremiah mentioned in Jeremiah 6.30. He wants refuse silver. The Bible calls it reprobate silver. It means refuse silver. That means silver rejected. God says, I want rejected silver. Moses was refuse silver for 40 years, but God used him again. Jonah was refuse silver in the belly of the whale, but God used him again. David was refuse silver after he had Uriah killed, but God used him again. John Mark was refuse silver when he returned after the first, on the first missionary journey, but God used him again. Jacob was refuse silver after he tricked Esau, but God used him again. Samson was refuse silver after he yielded to Delilah's lures, but God used him again. Uh, Peter was refuse silver after he cursed and swore, denied the faith, denied the church, and denied the Lord, but God used him again. Uh, uh, Gomer was refuse silver when she sold her body as a prostitute, but God used her again. Abraham was refuse silver when he went down to Egypt and took little uh, Hagar and brought her back, but God used him again. Isaac was refuse silver. The apostles were refuse silver when they forsook God and fled and became refuse silver. But God used those same people to turn the world upside down, the Bible says. Maybe you have been rejected to be used as a, in a silver tray. Maybe you're not qualified to be a silver dollar or be a silver ring or silver cup or silver spoon or silver coffee service. Perhaps you've not been qualified to be a silver coin or a silver necklace 
or silver pendant or silver bracelet or silver earrings or silver vase or silver pen. But God says, okay, if you've been rejected, I can use you. I love to marry a couple. When you stand up here at the altar, everything is perfect. Flowers are beautiful. Candles burning lovely, beautifully. Pendants dressed magnificently. Music is just fabulous. And there stands a handsome young man and a beautiful bride. And everything is so formal. And then a pronouncement as husband and wife and then a pray. And then they don't know what to do. They don't, they, they don't know how to kiss. I wish you could, I was, you've seen some of them. You young people get married and come at each other with your lips three inches apart. You bother me a great deal. You know that? Say amen. I want you pure and clean, but let me tell you, I don't care how far you've gone. There's a heavenly father that's got, got a fatted calf all killed, a ring bought, a pair of shoes bought, and a robe ready for you. He's going to welcome you back home and use you when you get back home. Remember, our Savior was rejected. Refuse silver. Refuse silver to his family, to his synagogue, to his city, to his nation, to his world. Dwight Moody was refuse silver, silver to the ordaining council. He refused to ordain him. Well, how would you like to be on that council? Then his Sunday was refuse silver to the presbytery that wouldn't ordain him. Lee Robertson was refuse silver, silver to the Hamilton County Baptist Association. John R. Rice was refuse silver to the Southern Baptist Convention. J. Frank Norris was refuse silver to the Tarrant County Southern Baptist Association. Joe Boyd was refuse silver to the Dallas Baptist Association. Charles Spurgeon was refuse silver to the London Baptist Association. John Bunyan was refuse silver to his society. John Wesley was refuse silver. Silver to the religious hierarchy of his day. Martin Luther was refuse silver. The Roman Catholic Church and Lester Olaf was refuse silver to the Texas Department of Welfare. But I got news for you: if nobody else wants you, Jesus wants you. He wants you for Christmas. He wants the refuse silver. He wants the marred vessel. He wants the cast pouts and the rotten rags. He wants the bruised reed. He wants the smoking flax. He says, doesn't matter what you've done, I'll use you again. Oh, I wish I could tell you some stories of people sitting here right now. I wish I could have some, I won't do it, but I wish I could have them stand. I wish I could tell you of marriages that have been wrecked by everything under the sun, but carefully in my study, piece by piece and appointment by appointment, They've been brought back together. I have no greater joy than look out and see couples happily married with precious children whose marriages were all shot. I, I, just, I feel sorry if anybody's not a Baptist preacher. And I feel sorry if any Baptist preacher's not a pastor, Brother uh, brother Bill. I, I just I just feel sorry. I look around this building tonight, all over this house, I see refuse silver that God is using and, and marked vessels that are being used again. And, and, and bruised reeds being used again. And smoking flax burning again. And rotten cast pots and rotten rags that God is using again. Hallelujah. God wants you tonight. And God will use you. Something else God wants for Christmas. He wants the bruised reed. He wants the smoking flax. He wants the marred vessel. He wants the cast pots and the rotten rags. 
He wants to rescue silver. But there's something else that God wants. He wants broken pieces of the ship. In Acts 27 and verse number 44, Paul was shipwrecked at Malta. Bible says that the ship was torn to pieces. Those that could swim swam to shore. But the Bible says those that could not swim, many were saved, the Bible says, by getting on broken pieces of the ship. You may not be a Queen Mary tonight to transport hundreds. You may not be a cruise ship to carry thousands. You may not be a Grand Princess or a Holland American Rotterdam to bring folks joy and delight on the seas. You may not be a submarine or even a ferry boat or a tugboat or a lifeboat. You may not even be a life raft or a pontoon boat or a fancy yacht or a motorboat, even a rowboat. You may not even be water skis. You may just be a piece of the ship. But God says there's nothing I can't use. You give him what's left. If you're just if your life has been broken, you're just a piece of the ship. God says, I want you for Christmas this year. I think of Harvey Lancaster. Came to that little building out there at the college years ago, fifty years ago. Harvey Lancaster was a neighborhood drunk. Everybody knew it. Hardly spent a day sober. Came to church one time in the Christmas season. And Harvey Lancaster stepped over here next to the building over here next to the wall on my right. Back in those days, we were out in the country. If you were unsaved and came to church, everybody in the church house wouldn't talk to you. Everybody did. I went over and tried to get Harvey Lancaster saved. He, he shook his head like that. His cousin tried to get him saved. And deacons tried to get him saved. I mean, brother, we just single shoot. We didn't have that many prospects. And finally, a fellow named Urban Bell. Urban was retarded. Urban was sort of a spastic like that. Urban went back to the wall over there where Harvey Lancaster was and drunk. And Urban put his arm around Harvey Lancaster and began to cry. He couldn't talk plainly. He simply said, I, I don't want to see you saved. You know, Harvey climbed up on that piece of plank off the ship, went down the aisle and trusted Christ as his Savior. God looks out tonight and God says, I want you for Christmas. If you are a reed that's never been bruised, I want you. But if you're a bruised reed, I still want you for Christmas. God said, if your, if your fire is burning brightly and your light is burning brightly, I want you for Christmas. Jump in the old pot and let me have you for Christmas. But if you just have a little smoke left, I want you. I want to fan the smoke and I want to use you again. God said, I want you if you're a happy vessel, a beautiful vessel, not marred. But he said, if you are a marred vessel, you're still in potter's hands. I want to make you over again. God said, if you're a hard chapter in March, I'd like to have you. But if you're just uh, some cast outs and rotten rags, I'd still like to use you. I want to thank God tonight. I'm going to testify and I'll be through. I want to thank God tonight that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. 
You see, I wasn't a wicked boy, but my daddy was a wicked man. I was six years old before I had a Christmas present. On my fifth birthday, I had my first birthday present, as I've mentioned often, five little pieces of penny candy. We were the poor folks. My sister remembers how that in the wee hours of the morning, we'd hear an old car coming down the street on the rim. The tire was off flat. How that all of a sudden we hear a crash out in the front yard. The neighbors would say, oh, Willis, Happy Hiles is coming drunk again and wrecked his car. I want to thank God tonight <laughs> that he uses cast couch and rotten rags. That's what I am. I've never tasted liquor. But my family with it, we, we were the poor folks. We, we, we would have been bus folks if they'd have had buses in those days. First time I went to Baptist church, I was barefoot. I want to thank God tonight. He uses rotten rags. I want to thank God as I look around and see people tonight whose lives have been wasted and yet you're serving God. Now I want to thank God. He uses marred vessels. The Salvation Army worker came back. Curse surprise. There were two pennies, a dime, and a quarter, and a bum in the pot. I want to climb up in the pot tonight. I don't have any years left. I want him to have all of them. I don't have the strength I used to have, but I want him to have what strength I've got before. On Christmas 1998, I want to say to the old I'm coming in with you. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.